Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another brand new episode of the best of the best, Maverick's Guide to Success. I am your host, Maverick Levy, and I am honored that you are tuned in and listening to the show. I know I kind of say that every week, but it's because I mean it. It is so cool to see the DMs, the texts, and the random emails that I get from people that reach out to me and listen to the show. It is a very surreal feeling. And then when I see the show charting in other countries or even in the United States, it's an amazing feeling. So thank you for everyone that does tune in and does listen. Make sure you're subscribed to be notified when a new episode comes out. I wanna talk about the giveaway because I know I said last week I will have it figured out and guess what? I stuck true to my word, I have it figured out. So let's get into what that giveaway is going to be and before I do that, I wanna say I apologize for the wait but if you eat meat, you will absolutely love this giveaway. The Best of the Best podcast is teaming up with a company that I am a partner in. It is called The Wagyu Plug. If the name was not apparent enough for you, We specialize in high-end Wagyu meat. The giveaway is going to be announced on Instagram before next Wednesday. So this episode will go live on Wednesday, May 12th. The giveaway will be announced a week before next Wednesday. So make sure you keep your eyes open for that and regularly checking the Instagram. And because it took so long to get a giveaway in motion and actually doing one, I will probably throw in an additional treat, no pun intended. It will probably just be some cash through Venmo possibly, but absolutely make sure you are actively looking at that because now it is time to focus on the episode. So go back after you listen to the episode. Maybe if you want to hear what the giveaway is going to be again, You can do that and maybe you can go check out the social media pages while you are listening. So I will give you the username. So if you don't follow the podcast, you can now follow the podcast and you can then see when the giveaway does happen. So as always, I wanna go through the three things in an intro that I usually talk about. The first is giving a little plug to the social media accounts for the podcast. The first one is at TBOTBpod. The next one is just the best of the best Mavericks guide to success. Depends on what platform you're on, but usually you should be able to find the show using the username at TBOTBpod. And then of course, you can visit the website, tbotbpod.com. And on the website, you will find that you can contact a guest that has previously been on a show. You can see the face of the person that was on the show. You can see my face if you're interested in that. It's another resource that I put out there because number one, maybe you wanna hire a person that came on the podcast or buy their product or use their services, or maybe you're interested in trying to get a job or an internship with some of the people that have come on the show previously. It's there for you all, as is this show, to be a resource to further yourself in life. I don't know it all, I'll never know it all, but I can ask the questions that people want answered, and I can also try to be the resource that connects you with maybe someone that works in a field that is the best of the best in a field that you are interested in. And so that was the two things. The third thing is, before we get into, you guys know, as I always say, the nitty gritty of the show, the discussions on this podcast are for informational purposes only. 
I cannot predict and do not guarantee that you will attain a particular result from the information provided. You should always seek professional assistance before making decisions in connection with the topics discussed. I am so excited for this week's episode because I am trying something new. You always hear in life, you heard last episode, try something new. There will be no guest on today's show. This will be a solo show, and typically, this is a guest-driven show, but today's topic is one that I feel that I am one of the best of the best in because I've experienced it. I've gone through this in life, which I will tell you in a second what it is, and so I feel that I am qualified enough and give enough credit to myself to talk to you all about college. College is what the topic of today's show will be. As I always say, a lot of the time when I'm talking to the guests, the people that listen to the show are of the younger generation. And with that being said, I know that college can be a scary thing. And yes, you sometimes talk to your friends, older siblings or cousins or a family friend, whatever it may be about what to expect in college and you get advice. But this is another resource, another outlet for you all that maybe you're in high school, maybe you're in college and you're just lost and you don't understand why am I not succeeding on the level I can be succeeding at, I know I should be succeeding at. Well, then listen in for the rest of the episode because I'm very excited to talk to you all about it and I'm very excited to have a solo episode. I haven't made much mention of it on the podcast, I don't believe so, but I recently graduated from Michigan State University with a degree in social relations and policy. I'll soon be headed to law school at Nova's Law School, NSU Law in Fort Lauderdale, but I've been waiting to graduate to do this episode because I wanted to successfully complete my college experience before I came on here on a platform of this scale to talk to everyone about something that I know that I'm qualified to speak about, but I actually wanted to complete the process. I wanted to graduate because maybe something would have happened during that graduation process and it could have been something that I then wanted to go back and talk about. So I made sure the process was done. It was four years of undergraduate schooling at Michigan State University. So let's get right into it. The first thing I want to talk about is moving away from home. To some, you may be super scared, nervous. To others, you may be happy. Others may have anxiety about how they're going to live on their own. It's a new thing to everyone. And where I'll start with this topic is talk about it. Please talk about it to the people that you are with in college because your freshman year, I should preface by saying pre-COVID days, a lot of this will be pre-COVID days because unfortunately the later part of my college experience had to do with COVID and I'm sure the world will go back to normal relatively soon. So what I'll be talking about is pre-COVID days mixed in with a little bit of COVID days, but When you move out of your house, out of your home that you've grown up in, or or should I say some people haven't grown up there. I didn't grow up in the same house for 18 years, but you grow up in the same environment pretty much all your life. And then everything changes within, it seems like to me, what happened with me within months, everything just changes. You're living on your own. You have a new space. You're responsible for yourself, getting yourself to and from places, making sure you're on time, making sure your schedule is balanced. But like I said, everyone else around you in that dorm is feeling the same freaking way. They are. 
You want to know how I know why? It's because I went through it. I have peers that I talked about that went through it. And everyone says the same thing. You don't know what to expect, so you have a mixture. You're excited, you're anxious, you're nervous, you're really happy to make this big step in your life. But coming with that, like I said, is responsibility. And you know on this show, I always say, always be a leader. And being a leader in this scenario is being responsible. Being a responsible adult that can go to college and be a leader. When you move out of your house, you now have new freedoms, no curfews. You can come and go as you please. There's really no one that you need to answer to. It's a very different lifestyle if you're not used to that. And make sure you're not abusing the freedoms. Make sure you're not going out every single night and getting behind on your schoolwork and slacking off on your schoolwork and slacking off on maybe future plans or trying to get an internship or trying to get a job, trying to start a company, whatever it may be, don't get caught up in that because that is what happens a lot of the time when you do move away from home. It's like, holy shit, I don't live at home anymore. I don't have to tell my parents when I'm leaving. I don't have to tell my parents when I'm coming or going. I don't have to tell them shit. So I'm at school and there's a party, of course I'm gonna try and go. There's an event here, people are going to someone's apartment, people are going to someone's dorm room, they're gonna be doing this, they're gonna be doing that. But listen, you need to find a balance in life. That's what life is about. It is about a balance. That's what I've learned from interviewing some of the best of the best. I always say outside, I don't. I probably said it on the show, but I say work hard, play hard. Obviously, it's an old school saying, everyone knows it, but it's the truth. You can Go and party in college if that's what interests you and that's what you want to do, but you better damn well be working hard in school or working on something that's going to benefit your future for yourself, your future family, your future spouse, whatever it may be. You better have that work hard, play hard mentality because you move away from home and you don't think about these things. You will get sucked into that life and next thing you know, you're coming up to finals and you're like, holy shit, I am going to be screwed for this, my GPA is gonna be shit because why? You moved out of your house. You went to a new life. You had a whole new set of, of expectations that was being asked of you that maybe was less than what was at home. And you just didn't realize that you still needed to work hard and that you still needed to go to class. You still needed to do that assignment even if it was for five points. But what I will say is that you find the balance that works for you and you stick with it and that same balance will work for the next four years that you're gonna be in that place. Because while it seems like a long time, I will tell you, it seems like just yesterday, I moved all my shit into my dorm room with my friend Spencer and just like that in the blink of an eye, especially with COVID, it made things go by so much faster, you're gone there. I will maybe go back to East Lansing once or twice a year for a sports game or to do something if it has to do with business maybe, but that's it. It's gone four years just like that and I graduated. So again, you move away from home, you make sure you set a list of responsibilities for yourself and you stick to that and you stick and find a balance that works for you and your life. If your friend has something that's working for him, it's worth a try for sure, but it might not work for you. Maybe your friend is more dedicated. Maybe he's less dedicated. So it maybe it's more of a flexible schedule and he's not as motivated as you are or that you know you are, but you're just not being it. But of course, you're a freshman, you move away from home, move into a dorm, you move into an apartment, wherever you move, 
you hear about Greek life. If you go to a university where Greek life is a big part of the social aspect of that college. For me, because I'm speaking on my experience, that Michigan State is all about Greek life. And to be honest with you, because my dad was a part of Greek life, I was like, okay, I, I've grown up going to some of the charity events and some things like that. But I don't know necessarily what would have happened if I didn't have that connection to a fraternity that my father was in and knew kids in it from my hometown. I wouldn't change anything because of the way my life is and the way my life's going. But certainly we need to talk about Greek life. Greek life is a great thing if you go to a school and you don't know many people. It is the best way to meet new people that maybe are more like yourself. You have the same interests. You have some similarities, but it can also be detrimental to your education and to you focusing on what's the best thing for you for your future. That's the truth of it. Because I went to Michigan State my freshman year. I'm in a dorm. I am in school. I'm in James Madison College at Michigan State, which is a rather more challenging college within Michigan State. And here I am, a pledge with my class load, and I found myself to be more focused on the Greek life aspect in my freshman year than I was on my academic or on my entrepreneurial spirit, and I wasn't being true to myself. And that was a problem, and I had a realization moment about that at the end of my freshman year. Maybe a little before of the end of my freshman year, I had a realization moment. So let me walk you through how Greek life worked, at least at Michigan State, but I think it's pretty universal everywhere where there is a rather large population in the social life of Greek life. You go to Rush, you have a bid or you don't get a bid, and then you start pledging, and then you are now a part of that organization. So the Rush part, break that down for you all. The Rush part is when there's a week, a week and a half, just depends on the school, maybe less than that, where you go around to every fraternity house, or if you're a woman, you go to a sorority house, and you go around and you talk to the brothers, you talk to the, I guess I'll call it sisters, that's pretty weird to say because I never was obviously in a sorority, but you talk to the people within these organizations in the fraternity and the sorority. They try to get to know you more than you get to know them, but it is a very, very intimidating feeling to be going to these places where they are constantly judging you and seeing if they want you part of their organization. To be honest, when I think back about it and I talk about it, it's kind of bullshit in all honesty, and I'll always be real and transparent on the podcast. Don't get me wrong. I made great friends in there. I had a great time in my fraternity my freshman year, but really after that, I kind of fell off because it wasn't for me. But getting back to the whole thing of got sidetracked on the intimidation factor because don't think about it like that. Think about it like you are judging these kids and saying, do I want to surround myself with these people for the next four years of my life and make these lifelong friends? Are these the type of people that I want to be around? So think about it in the reverse, because when you think about it like that and not think about, oh, am I wearing the right clothes? Like, does my hair look good if you're a girl or a guy even? Or what are they going to think of this? Or what are they going to think of that or my major or what I want to do in life? What are they going to think? Put all that BS away. And I say BS because it's BS to them. They shouldn't care about that. They should care about who you are as a person, as an individual. And so you rush, you go around, you meet the people. And then at the end of that week or that week and a half, you get what's called a bid. 
if they liked you and they want you to be part of the fraternity or the sorority. And the bid means that they've said, okay, we've done a vote. We think you would be a good fit for the fraternity or the sorority. And we want you to come and take this bid. Sometimes you don't get a bid. Sometimes you've gone somewhere and you thought it went well and you just don't get a bid and there's nothing you can do about it, but don't ever, ever, ever let that get you down and think, what is wrong with me? Because again, going back to it all being BS, that's part of it. When someone doesn't get a bid in a fraternity, I've heard many stories, it destroys a person because it makes their confidence go down. It makes everything about them feel worse inside because they're like, what the hell didn't these people like? My friends got a bid. Am I not like as good as my friends? You start comparing and that's where things go wrong and that's where it's detrimental to your mental health and your long-term relationships, whether that's friendships at that school because now you might be envious, you might have jealousy. There's a long list of things that I could say. Nonetheless, don't ever feel that way. So let's go with the idea that you get a bid somewhere. Next, you go in, you sign the bid, or at least that's what I did, and then you become a pledge. And a pledge is a very interesting idea because on the news you see kids getting hazed when they're a pledge in a fraternity. You don't really see, I don't know how it works with sororities really, to be honest with you. I think that there's like a period, but they don't call it pledging, but it is definitely way more intense for the fraternities. And you become a a literal bitch, not in terms of getting hazed, but in terms of your time is no longer your time. Your time is wherever the fraternity needs you to be. And what I will say on a positive note, because I, again, I kind of think the whole Greek life thing is some bullshit. And I don't know if I would say that they should get rid of it, but they definitely need to find a way where it's not so clicky and who's who and going to make someone feel bad about themselves. But listen, at the end of the day, like there's going to be times where you're going to push people out of your life too, because you don't like them. They're just doing it in that way. But that's why I say, listen, don't give two shits about what they think about you. So a pledge, what I will say, the positive thing is when you are trying to make new friends and lifelong friends, that pledging process that you go through with the people that are also pledges You will have a bond that is forever there. No matter if you haven't talked in a week, in a year, in 10 years, in 20 years, I feel like it will always be there because of what you guys experience together because there are things that do get crazy when you're a pledge and there are are things that maybe you don't agree with and aren't acceptable to you and that's why you can always drop and not continue to do those things but never let it morph you into being someone that doesn't voice how you feel. And I think that's what I saw happen a lot of times is that these kids didn't say their feelings because they were so scared of what the outcome was going to be. But fuck it. Who cares what the outcome is going to be? This is your life. This is your experience. It's not for someone else to decide what is the outcome. That's for you to decide and always, always raise your opinion if you are a pledge because you will get some respect. I promise you that they'll say, oh shit, this kid is not fucking around, he's got confidence, maybe we need to take a second look at this. I've seen it firsthand happen. The last thing I wanna talk about Greek life related is don't let it consume your life. Like I said a few minutes ago, I will always be transparent and honest on this show. As a freshman, I was more focused on the pledging fraternity aspect 
of college than I was about my academics. And that was a problem. And I would say right before the end of my freshman year, I had a realization with myself, what the hell am I doing? I just wasted nine months of my life where I could have been working on a business, working on furthering my education in a positive way, but instead I was focused on being a bitch. In reality, that's what it was. But there were many people that did balance their time better than I did while they were a pledge. So that's why I say that to you, that I will talk about time management a little bit later in the episode, but keep in mind that you make sure you stay on top of your schoolwork. You make sure you stay on top of whatever it is in your life that's important, whether that's a relationship, whether that's talking to your family, whether that's being there for someone that needed you. Don't ever lose sight of that just because, oh, they're going to do something to me or all oh, this or all oh, that. Don't think like that. Because if that's your thoughts, that's going to be detrimental to your college experience and your future life plans. But also the partying aspect goes hand in hand with that. You think of Greek life, you think of huge fraternity parties. You think of going to these parties and people are just drinking and doing drugs and all that BS. And don't let peer pressure get the best of you. If that's not you, tell them to fuck off and say, I don't fucking want to do that shit. That's life. They might say, oh, you're this, you're that, you're a pussy, you're this, you're that. Who cares what they think? At the end of the day, like you're probably going to get ahead in life while they're sitting there doing that. And that's your decision to make. It's no one else's. So it doesn't matter about those things. It really doesn't. But there is obviously the old term saying that I always believe in, which is work hard, play hard. You must work hard in college if you want to go out and play hard. Because in my opinion, you're paying all this money for an education. Don't go piss it away on partying for four years of your life, coming out at the end saying, what the hell am I going to do now? I just, those four years just flashed by me. I didn't plan ahead. I didn't get any internships. I didn't get a job. I didn't really look into what I actually want to do in life. Don't be that person because it happens more often than not. And these people are just, now they just lost longer than four years because they get to decide what the hell do I want to do? Do I have to start an internship even though I just graduated because I have no work experience on my resume? You don't know what's going to happen in the end. So make sure that you're proactive about that. Make sure that you're not focused on the fraternity parties and going out and who's this and who's that and the drama and all that bullshit. It's all bullshit. Honestly, I've said it many times, but the more I said and talked about it with one of my close friends, we talk about it somewhat often and now looking back on it, like what the hell was I doing? I could have been starting businesses. I could have been investing more into stocks and crypto and all that shit. There's so much potential in the, these four years of your life when you're young and you have very minimal things and responsibilities to think about when you can take a risk in starting a business or starting to create a product, starting to create a service that you think will be beneficial to people. So join Greek life, make friends if that's what you want to do, but don't get lost in the hustle and bustle of the constant partying, of the constant going out, because there are kids like that. There are, that's Greek life. But there's a way to distance yourself from that so you don't get sucked in and wrapped into that lifestyle because it's not good. Next, I want to talk about making friends outside of Greek life if it's not for you. I have two friends at Michigan State 
that I know well enough to talk about on the show. I won't say their names because I, I didn't ask him, but they'll know who they are if they listen. And they, neither one of them, actually one of them joined a business fraternity and one of them did not join anything. And they were still able to make friends. They're still friends of mine that I talk to. You are able to make friends if you don't join Greek life, but you have to go out of your way to do it. And what I mean by having to go out of your way is you have to be willing to go out whether it's alone, whether it's with someone else and introducing yourself and putting yourself out there because more times than not, people are gonna like you and you're gonna find like-minded people, especially at a huge university setting like Michigan State. But it is very possible. Don't think, oh, I don't wanna join Greek life, but I wanna make new friends. Listen, I know a lot of people that were in Greek life that were friends with kids that weren't in it and vice versa, but you have to be willing to put in that additional 120% effort to go out and make those friends. And that's all I really can talk about on Greek life because I wasn't a part of it. But I will say this, after my freshman year, I totally fell off in terms of my fraternity. I went to certain things, I did certain things, but I was in no way, shape or form wanting to be at these parties and wanting to live this Greek life lifestyle. That just wasn't me. And I realized that, that I got sucked into it. And then I was like, what am I doing wasting the next three years of my life partying when I can be starting businesses, making new connections with people around the world, traveling, right? You're gonna spend money if you're gonna go out and party, save that money, go and travel, explore a new culture. There's so much shit out there to see. And of course, Again, it's all about balance. You work hard, you play hard. So after that year of my freshman year, I was like, what am I doing? And I still stayed a part of the fraternity, but I really distanced myself. Like if you ask a lot of the people in there, they'll just say Maverick sort of fell off the face of the earth, which to me is okay because that wasn't what I wanted to be surrounded by. I love the kids in there. I should preface by saying some of them, but it comes to a point where you need to realize what's best for me. And I realized that very quickly after I wasted nine months of my life, like I said, and I was just totally, totally done with it. I said, this is a waste of time. But again, I stayed a part of it. I went to some things to show face, to maintain certain relationships, certain friendships. But I realized very quickly, it wasn't for me. But now I wanna talk about Greek life in a little different way of business frats. It's an opportunity that I missed out on. I wish I hadn't because a lot of the times when you're going and joining, you know, like a law fraternity, or I should say like a pre-law fraternity, all the kids in there, they want to be lawyers. They want to go on the same path you are on. Or if you join a business fraternity, a lot of those people, they want to be CEOs. They want to be a part of a large corporation or start their own business and be the CEO or the president of that. But I missed out on it because it was like-minded people that didn't care about the partying. The business fraternities were a way for men and women to come together and share their ideas and share interests and share similarities because that needed to happen in order for you to find people that are similar. And that's why I say that I missed out on that and I never want any of you to miss out on that. Sometimes, oh, business Fred, it's kind of BS, it's kind of this, no, listen. Maybe it's BS in the beginning, but you will certainly make friends and you will certainly all help each other. Like for example, for law school, I wish I would have done it because when I started studying for the LSAT and started applying to schools and looking at schools, I guarantee I would have had way more insight and wouldn't have been as stressed out as I was 
if I knew that I had people that I could talk to that were on the same path as me. And I had very few people that I could talk to about that. So if business fraternities, again, men and women can join them, if they are there and they are available at your school and that's there's one that has an interest of what you wanna go into, go and join it. Go meet the people. Again, it will only be beneficial to you. The only thing that could happen is you waste your time. It's not hard to get into. Like I believe there is a way for you possibly to not get in, but I think that's very rare. I think they pretty much accept everyone. There's just some things you have to do before. But listen, go out, join a business fraternity if that's something that interests you and make sure you have friends inside of Greek life, outside of Greek life, and that you're staying focused. After a few years, you're gonna lose that fraternity feeling. It happens around your junior year, middle of your junior year. People stop going to the fraternities that are in their junior year. They start going out to the bars. People start turning 21. You start going out and drinking, and it's much easier to go to a bar, I should say. I shouldn't say much easier. It's more convenient because the bar is always open. There's not always a party. There's always gonna be a group of people at the bar. There's not always gonna be a group of people at a party that you're wanting to go to. So again, this goes hand in hand with time management, which I will talk about. You need to find a balance in college. For me, going out and partying and drinking and drugs, that was never me. That will never be me. That was never something that I liked. But I did go out every once in a while because it was the social aspect. You need to unwind, you need to go out, you need to socialize. However, I enjoyed different things. I enjoyed enjoying my time in different ways and traveling and doing certain things. But however, going out and partying at bars, number one, can get very expensive if you're not careful and you're not budgeting. Number two, going back to this idea of time management, you can go listen to episode 23 with Dave Crenshaw who is the author of The Myth of Multitasking because he has a very good point that you can't multitask. And if you're trying to multitask, get work done and go to the bar, you're not gonna be as efficient. But time management is probably the most important thing that you can do to help benefit your college situation. Make sure that you manage your time in a way where you figure, okay, 70, 80% of my day is gonna be studying or it's gonna be focusing on a business that I wanna start, or it's gonna be trying to send out resumes for an internship. And the other 20%, hey, you can do whatever the hell you want. Again, I'm not telling you this is how you should live your life. This is how I think you should, but I'm not saying you have to do this, right? I'm not saying that, but I think that you should balance your time where you have a majority of your time dedicated to benefiting yourself, your future, your mental stability. And the other 20%, like I said, can be done doing whatever makes you happy. When And maybe it's 70-30, maybe it's 60-40. I don't know. I just threw out a random number. But at the end of the day, I will say time management is everything. And I learned that very quickly in school. It's not like a high school where assignments are going to take a few seconds or a few minutes you have to put in the effort to receive a good grade on something. And that brings me into my next topic, which can talk about classes and class loads and hard work and what it means to people. So I always say that unless you know in life at 18 years old what you want to do 
that could be an engineer, a doctor. I want to be a lawyer. I want to be something that really requires a specific course of action in your college life. If you don't know what you're going to do and you're just doing a marketing degree or an advertising degree and you don't really know what, you can do a bunch of different things with it, but you don't know what exactly you want to do with it. What can happen is that you can still learn the importance of showing, of getting a value out of school besides learning maybe, you know, something that's BS that you probably will never use. And this is what that is. Your hard work will always pay off. And you can learn that from any age in school. I always use the example. You have a test. You start studying for that test two weeks in advance. Chances are you're going to do a lot better on that test than if you start studying the day before or two days before. Why? Because you've dedicated enough time for your brain to absorb the information that it needs to absorb. And I hate memorization because... If you're just wanting to memorize something and forget about it, then what's the point? You're just doing that for the grade at that point. But if you really want to learn and you really want to get a benefit out of what you're paying for, then take the time out and do that. But at the end of the day, doing hard work in college and getting the result, that will always show you what hard work gets you. Because, and I should preface, there's times where that's not always the case. But I would have a strong argument where majority of the times, You're going to start studying two weeks before. You're going to do a lot better than the person that stayed up all night studying and scrambling because they didn't realize that they had a test the next day. Whereas you've gone to bed now peacefully, probably enjoyed some of your day now. You didn't have to study as much because you knew, hey, shit, I spent 14 days learning all this stuff. I know it. I know it top to bottom, bottom to top, sideways, backwards. You know it all. So make sure that you are understanding that, okay, maybe I don't want to do this in life and be a doctor and be a lawyer and be certain things that you need to go on a certain course for. But hard work will always result in showing you whatever you put in, you're going to get out a lot of the time. So make sure that you are understanding that and make sure that you understand the consequences of classes and your class load. A lot of the time, a normal credit is anywhere from 14 to 16 credits you take, which is four or five classes at a time. But make sure that you're not taking classes that's totally going to consume your time. And what I mean by that, in college, there will always be times where these classes will have more importance than other ones. You're going to have a class that you are going to find interesting and you are going to find this is really beneficial to me. And then you're going to have a class like I had like an insect class where I was like taking apart beetles. And I'm like, what the hell am I doing with my time? But you have to understand that you have to pace yourself. And if you want to graduate in four years, you'll do what it takes and you will find the resources that you need because it is very doable. I just did it. Was it easy? No, I took summer classes almost every summer, but I did it because I wanted to graduate in four years. I didn't want to stay there another year and in my eyes, waste another year of my life. I didn't want to do that. So make sure you're talking with your advisor at your school. Talk to them a few times. Don't just go to one time and think, okay, I'm done. This is good. Talk to them a few times and see, hey, what's your opinion about this? What have you heard about that class? Use your resources too. A lot of the times colleges will have the average grades 
for each course from previous years. There's ratemyprofessor.com. There's, I believe it's Koofers. There's all these different resources that are available to you because the university knows that once people utilizes it, it's going to be something that people are going to want to use. They're going to want to be able to succeed at that level of education that they're in, but also don't overdo yourself. Don't take four or five classes that are going to be your hardest classes the whole time you're at college. And you know, I just want to get them out of the way because I guarantee you that stress that you endure will go a long ways later in life when you have all that stress on you. So make sure your classes and your class load is proportional with the work hard, play hard mentality and that you're not overdoing yourself to try and rush or to try and get ahead in anything that you're going to be doing. Next, and this is probably the most important part of my advice for anyone that's in college or that's going to college and wants to succeed in the best way that they can. I found that making professional relationships with professors is the single-handedly best thing you can do. There will always be faculty on campus. There will always be professors that you like or that you don't like. However, this is what I will start with. Every single class you have on the first day, send an email to that professor and make an appointment with them. Go and talk to them. Go and talk to them about who you are in school, what your goals are in life. Get to know them a little bit. Be inquisitive. Ask them a question. How was your day? How was your week? Is this semester a lot? Are you teaching a lot of courses? How many students do you have? And that may be feared by some because I don't want to have that kind of relationship with my professor. But every time that I've done that, the professor has appreciated that I've gone out of my way to do that and that I did care about my grade and my class and that I cared about the professor, especially during COVID. I can't tell you how many times I sent emails to professors that I had even previously. I was like, the world is fucking crazy right now. Obviously, I didn't say that, but I was like, are you okay? Like, I want to check in. We had a close relationship. I want to make sure that you are doing good. The second part to it is that once you develop relationships with professors and you go to that initial office hours, you will hit it off with at least one to three, maybe four of professors in your overall college experience that you will always stay in connection with no matter if you're in the class or no matter if you're not. But you have to put yourself in the position to get there. And let me tell you why that's important. The reason is there will always be situations in your college career, shall I say, you have a problem with another faculty who's being a pain in the ass or being a total just heartless, not understanding person that doesn't understand that you're going through something in life or that something came up and life happens and things happen. But at the end of the day, You having that relationship with some of these professors and you go to them and you say, hey, listen, like this is happening to me. What do you think I should do? Well, shit, they're in the professor's position. They know how to look at these situations and they will give you their best advice. I can't tell you how many times I had situations with a single professor that I went and talked about it to the three faculty members that I was close with. And I said, this person is just unbelievable. This professor is just so cold and heartless. What do I do? And they always directed me the best way to approach it so I'm not coming off as I'm rude and I'm not being mean and I'm being myself, but I'm doing it in a professional, respectful way where maybe they can understand and say, hold on, let me take a step back for a second. What am I being like? Am I being like a total asshole 
or am I being someone that is being understanding? You have to have those relationships with professors. Go out of your way. Maybe it's a professor you didn't have in your class and you just randomly stumbled upon or it's your advisor. Make sure you have people that are faculty at whatever university or college you're at that you can go to when something happens. Even if it's not in your educational college experience, even if it's in just life, say you're going through a tough time with something in your social life, they're always willing to listen because they understand. They see a cycle of kids every four years comes and goes, new ones come and go. And at the end of the day, they will always be there for you if you show them that I'm genuine about this relationship. I genuinely enjoy you as a mentor in college and I appreciate you. Make sure they feel appreciated because that's also very important. And again, going back to the idea when something happens with with a professor, especially when you're young, it's very easy to say, fuck this person. Like, I'm just not going to do this shit. Let me tell you, being respectful to professors is always the best thing you can do, even when they are in the wrong. There's a way to tell someone that they're wrong respectfully, and there's a way to show that they're wrong respectfully. But don't sit and say, F you, professor, I can't believe this. You know, I'm going to do this and that, blah, blah, blah. Like, this is just ridiculous. Go about it in a more respectful and professional and an easier way to approach something that is relatively hard to approach in the first place. But again, having that faculty on campus that you can call anytime, you can email anytime and saying, listen, I really need to talk because they will make time for you. I've had professors meet me at coffee shops before when I needed something. That's just the relationships that are. It's very different than high school. It's very different than any level of education. I haven't gone to a graduate school yet, but I will say that I've heard it's the same. If you make those relationships, there are going to be educators there that are mentors for you to learn from to guide you and to help you with any troubles that you're having, anything in life, because they know that you're most likely not around your family and they know that they can be the ones that can be there for you. So make that jump, make that jump, be uncomfortable and be okay with going out to a professor's office hours and putting yourself out there and asking them questions and letting them get to know you because it will always go very, very far. Always go to office hours whenever you can. We're winding down to the end of today's episode. I have a few last things I want to mention. First off, failure. It's something I talk about every single episode. You know, I always ask a question if you're a regular listener that asks the guest, hey, what have you failed at in life and how did you overcome it? After my freshman year, when I was sort of BSing around with the Greek life, I turned my complete education around. I was on the dean's list from there on out. I tried my best in every class. I read every text or I skimmed every text if they needed to be skimmed. I did what it took to succeed. But even when I did that, there were times where I failed or I got a bad grade on an exam. But listen, you learn from it. You're going to drop the ball on some things. That's life and you learn from it. You learn, why did this happen? And how can I not let that happen in the future? And How can I remedy the situation? So is there extra credit in the class? How can I try and fix this grade? Because I don't want that. I don't want to have this bad grade. So how can I fix it? But don't be afraid of failure, especially in college. Learn from it, grow from it, and adapt to the change that 
the failure is going to teach you because if you don't adapt to that change, the failure is just going to happen again. In college too, going back to the whole idea of partying, you have this awkward three, four months of summer where it's like some people stay on campus and take summer classes, some people go home, some people have internships. This is what I will tell you and this is my advice. College is important, don't get me wrong. It is very important if it is the best thing for you, but in my opinion, what's a little bit more important, they're almost on the same level, but a little bit more is your work experience while you're in college. Whether that's an internship, whether that's starting a business, whether that's doing something, reselling clothes, reselling shoes, gaining that real life experience, even getting a job at the bagel shop, having that real life experience is something that can never be taught. You can never be taught how to act in a high stress situation. You can never be taught about when someone doesn't show up for work or when something goes wrong at work. You have to live through those things to understand how to handle those types of situations. And work experience is what's gonna give that to you. And also I will tell you that work experience is something that a lot of jobs or graduate schools look at and say, what has this person done besides going to school? Were they active in clubs on campus? Which I wasn't. So I, that's why I haven't talked about that. I was not active in very many clubs except for one, which was a Jewish organization. And that was about it. But going back to work experience, make sure that you are getting that experience, that firsthand real world work experience that can't be taught because you slap that on your resume and that shows to whoever you're turning that resume into that this person is serious. They have gone out, they have got this experience. Maybe now we don't need to train them about this or about that because from the looks of it, they have already gone through that. They've been in high stress situations. They know how they can handle themselves. Make sure you're focused on your work experience as much as you are your academics, as much as you are your time balance. In the beginning of the academic year, send emails to companies, say, hey, listen, this academic year is starting. I wanna try and give you my resume. I wanna be an intern. I wanna do this, I wanna do that. Or start a business or start designing a product or a service. There's so many things out there, especially with today's world with social media and the internet, that there's no reason not to have that real world firsthand work experience, especially if you're listening right now, there are more people hiring than ever. From what I've seen with my own eyes living on this planet for 22 years, I've never seen as many job postings as I've seen, but people don't wanna work because they're getting unemployment, they're getting stimulus checks. Whole different conversation. Nonetheless, work experience is crucial in college for whatever you do afterwards. Everyone, we're now going into the outro of the show. I appreciate you all listening to that. I hope that this was a very good solo episode that you enjoyed listening and that you learned from it. Again, whether you're in high school, whether you're in college, I hope that you learn from it because I want you all to always be learning, to always be leading. And don't forget about the Wagyu giveaway that will be happening before next Wednesday. Make sure to keep that in mind. And again, I will say it one last time for today. You must always be a leader in everything you do in life. And you must always be learning because you will never know it all. And the second you think you know it all, that's when you're gonna start to fall behind in life. Thank you for everyone that 
tells a friend, tells a family member, tells a coworker, as I always say, screams out the window of their car or says it to the person on the street, tell someone about the show because it will help someone else. And if you haven't yet, leave a five-star review for the show as it shows just the quality and the content of the show. If that's how, what you feel it deserves is five stars, leave it. Please, it really helps and it puts a smile on my face to know that there are people out there that truly value what I talk about, what I ask questions about, and the perspectives that I give on the show. That's it for this week, everyone. I will talk to you next week on another episode of the best of the best, Maverick's Guide to Success.